They're everywhere. I got green tea, right. little honey. Oh man, I'm telling you, if if it doesn't happen here in the next couple of years, I'm going somewhere where it's legal. Dude, it's got to happen there. How does it not? How did I know it's it, all this money is being made all over the place? This is probably all stuff that we could probably get into when we're on yeah, when we're recording. No so. For sure. I don't want to uh, waste. Well, I, Tony, you got anything else you want to ask? Otherwise, we can kind of roll into this. No, nah, we'll just let's just go. Yeah. Well, I mean, here we are. It's libations for everyone 2.0 reaching across the country using our COVID funded technology to try and reach out to people outside of our community. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We're doing this a little bit differently. This will be our first not in-person uh, podcast, but that doesn't change With the reason. fact that I am still one of the co-hosts and I think my name is still Ben Kwan. That's yeah, infinitely true. So that would, I guess you would be then Charles Watt. Oh shit, okay, we're still the same. Yeah, we got it. Change. Uh, so we thought, hey, it's time to start looking. Uh, we love everything going on in our community. We love getting together. We love having these bar conversations together. But sometimes we have friends that are a little too far away for us to get to, at least on our budget right now. We're hoping to be able to do a world tour someday, but we're just not there yet. Australia, so, we're coming. We're coming, Australia. We got to keep that top 100 rating. We do. <laughs> uh, so we reached out to a, a friend of mine who uh, I've known for years and years and years. Uh, we've done, uh, he's let me on his show before. He's let me dress him up in six hours of theater makeup before. And uh, if there was one person that we wanted to reach out to that understands how to work a microphone in his own house, uh, it would be this gentleman. So uh, my, my friend, would you introduce yourself to, uh, to the world and let them know who you are and what you do? Oh, uh, I'm Tony Fly. I'm a radio personality on Sirius XM uh, on the Hits One channel, so pop music channel. Um, who, am, who else am I? Am I, what else, what else am I? What else do I do? Uh, I'm a dad. Um, I, I'm raising a little girl who was, uh, she's a, she just turned eight years old and just had her last day of school and summer's on and that's it. Was, yeah, that's, that's about all I do. As, so you're located in California right now, correct? Yeah, I'm in North Hollywood right now. How did the end of the school year go for her? She, they went back for okay. about two months. They went back and very, very distant, very, you know, the, the mask and all that. It was great to have her, you know, just be social with kids. She was, I mean, she was so sick and tired of this COVID uh, Zoom school. And yeah, so now she got to see her friends and you know, and things are more normal now. We're going to the beach this weekend. Like just everything's normal again. It's so nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so as everybody that's listening out there knows that uh, this is a show where uh, we take six shots and we talk about six topics. Obviously, we can't be in the room to share stuff. So uh, what will you be consuming with our six topics uh, today, Mr. Fong? Oh, well, uh, it's a little earlier than it is. You know, it's a little <laughs> early for, for drinking here. So I've got, I have green tea. Uh, I have green tea and honey, you know, you know hot, so hot. I got I, yeah, hot. And various other, you know, herbal stuff surrounding there's like just lots of herbal products around me just rubbing me. it on our face that in california yeah. herbal products seem to grow more freely than they do in a state say like minnesota yeah yeah what's going on there is that ever going to happen in minnesota I, you know, I remember like fighting for it and protesting for it when i was there and it's still nothing it, we were supposed to be a liberal state yeah it passed in the in the house this year uh but the the gop leadership in the state senate 
wouldn't even allow it to come to a vote. Um, yeah. And until uh, Gazelka is out of the office, he won't even look at it because he said we have bigger problems like the budget, as if that wouldn't help the budget. Huh. It's crazy to me that there's still a place and I've lived in that place and I love that place. I love Minnesota, but there's still a place in the world where you have to meet somebody in a target parking lot just to get some wheat. <laughs> it's so stupid. You know. It's so it stupid. It doesn't make sense to anyone who's passed it. No. Just yeah. like prohibition, I'm sure. Like, wow, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> and none of the bad stuff that they said was going to happen, happened. Like, no, yeah. there's, there's no crime in the streets over the weed. And there's no, there's no increase in, in DUIs. And none of that stuff happened. Everything's no, just chill. And honestly, we've seen statistically that people drink less. It's, it, it actually can make a population as a whole healthier. Uh, because this is a this is a lovely thing that uh, isn't really the best for me, but I still enjoy my consumption of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's I, I mean, I that's fine too. But it's the same it, that freedom of walking into a dispensary is the same as that freedom you get when you go to a liquor store. It's like holy crap, look at all this stuff I can buy. It's the same freedom at a dispensary. It's not. It shouldn't be weird. No, it's it's not weird. It's just yeah. weird to our local government. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Gross. That well, uh, I feel like we should. Uh, I feel like we should kick this off. Uh, it's just so All fun right. to get to hear your voice and see you again. Uh, as much as Zoom drives me crazy, I love that we're able to do this. So I feel like yeah. uh, I feel like my first shot here is going to be a celebratory cheers to seeing and hearing your face. Oh well, thank you very much, and it's very nice to see and hear your faces. Cheers. What what is that? What is that? What's going on there? What what are we shooting oh, over there? Yeah. Well, oh, I suppose. Uh, I got so excited about what you're consuming that I forgot about what we're consuming. That looked real because uh, you had you have that like eye thing that happens to people when they do shots. That's a, that was oh, real yeah. alcohol right there. Mere that was not a prop. Both of you. You look okay. like you both look like you just did a shot. That's great. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, gin Gigi. It is an Indian gin. Huh. Uh, my friends at France 44 uh, recommended it to me. Yeah, there's uh, there's notes of black tea. There's a little bit of, I get like a little peppermint and chamomile in there. Dude, I love yeah. liquor snobs. I love liquor snobs like you who know all that stuff. That's just, I love it. Oh my gosh. Just to hear about the shot that I, like if I took a shot of that, it'd be like, oh, that's good. But Ooh. you, like you feel notes and that, I just love that kind of passion about something. Because it's gin with like 30 botanicals in it and you can only taste four of them. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. get much lower than that. I get the, get the surface guys yeah. and then all the deep stuff. Like, I don't know, maybe. I have, not, I have not had a sip. I have not had a sip of gin since I was 23 years old because I threw up at a party on gin and my, my entire life, I had, I've just never tasted it again. Our I think I might want episode. to. Not, it's been a long time. I should probably in try last, it again. In our last episode with Adam Gorski, we were talking about how he said when he started out in the bar game that that was the shot that people would get themselves sick on. Yeah. In my early 20s, it was fucking Jose Cuervo. Yeah. Southern Comfort here. Southern Comfort and Jack oh, Daniels. Oh, okay, yeah. I have a story about that, but I'm not going to tell you about it. Oh, you can't do that. You can't just tell you. Tell us you have a story and then not lay it out there. I beer bonked some Southern Comfort at X Festival. Oh, 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 oh fun. that hurts my soul. <laughs> That's the short version of the story. Oh. You were one of those patches that people walk by and walked around. <laughs> oh no, I was a zombie. I was living. I was, yeah. I was, I was shuffling around the the whole day. That was in the morning too. We'll put living in quotes. You, you were, you were not sentient, but you were in fact moving. I knew how dead I was, but I'm really good at not looking like I'm drunk. But in my head, it was just like spinning around. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, Tony. Honestly, it took me a long time to get back to gin. 
uh, at 22, um, I ended up, that was the only thing that we had left in the house. And I had just gone through a rough breakup and I was supposed to go hang out with a bunch of people. And two of the guys I was going to meet up with got in a fight. So I ended up just sitting at home. So I ripped a bunch of shots of Tanqueray and wow. I woke up the next morning and my skin smelled like it. So I took a shower and then the whole shower smelled like it. And that was when I got sick. Yeah. Was that that vapor and I still can't regular tanker A, I'm sure is a quality gin. I wouldn't know because I haven't seen or Won't tasted it. it. No, can't do it. I have two things like two things I can't drink now. Uh gin and Goldschlager. Remember Goldschlager? Oh yeah. No, that's the <laughs> you just felt so cool because it was like gold floating around. You thought maybe someday you're gonna shit out a Rolex. It was just <laughs> fucking disgusting, and we drank never it. Happened, like, yeah. like, never happened. Like it was still waiting on my Rolex. It never happened. Nah. Well, uh, I suppose we took our shot, so we should we should get into the question. Let's do it. All right. One. So uh, I believe I'll let you take it away, Charles. Yeah. I'm the leadoff hitter. So Tony, what food do you miss from your pre-vegan days? Ah, I well, I, should, I speak, it has been a few weeks since we've spoken. Uh, I have become since a pescatarian, I guess. Oh, all right. Some one step closer. Occasional. Yeah. Because the, the reason I'm vegan in the first place is not for health purposes or not. It's just because I think animals are cute. And, really? you know, and fish die. I don't know. I grew up can't screen. in, can't in a screen. fisherman's town and there was all, so many shellfish and all this other, you know, I just, I, so much of my upbringing was that food. So I, I went back, damn it, damn it. So I've you convinced myself that fish aren't cute. It's easier, yeah, easier to go back to. No, that's, that's the other thing that's the joke, I guess, with pescatarians is you can't hear fish scream, you know? So it's <laughs> right, it's exactly it's right. Not as you gnarly. Just the, you just see the bubbles, and that's yeah. yeah. So that's the thing that you went back to already that you clearly missed. Do you miss? Do you miss eating like a steak or anything like that, or are you just done with it? I, I yeah, I don't miss steak. I, I I miss the camaraderie of going to a steakhouse that dudes have Certainly. with each other. Yeah. Dudes love eating steaks together and talking about uh, steak. Like, I love that kind of like I like I mentioned earlier about the your passion for for liquor. Yeah, I, I feel I love that kind of passion for anything. When somebody loves their steak, even though I think cows are adorable, when when somebody has that kind of passion for something, I just love to listen. You know, it's just they, I love it. Uh, you said when you grew up that you grew up with a lot of seafood. Where where was that? Like, what was it that you grew up around? Well, I grew up half my you know half my year in a little town in italy where my dad's from and it's a little fisherman's town and it's just you know every meal is shellfish and little little uh you know little clams and all sorts of you know trout river fish because the river would go right into the sea there and it was just yeah yeah so giving up fish was like kind of like giving up so many like childhood memories and my mom just died uh, a little less than a year ago. Oh, and, I'm sorry to hear that. You no, know, yeah, it's awful. But that kind of triggered my, why am I, I'm, you know, I'm not having any of these childhood memory meals that remind me of my mom. So I started doing that. And uh, yeah, so I've, so my, so, you know, Nemo's in my plate now. <laughs> I don't think it, it, it's real hard to, to find any fault in that reasoning. That's a, yeah, that's a pretty yeah. wonderful reasoning to go back to something. Yeah, I know. You know, I feel I like to, I would have, Oh, go ahead. I try to I try to stay away from like farm fish, like farm fished fish. But when I go back to Italy, when this whole thing, this pandemic ends, 
I'm going to eat everything. I'm eating that. Like, I'm gonna, if I see it come out of the sea, I'm going to eat it. That's going to be awesome. You're just going to pop it in the head and throw it in a pan. I'm not, oh, I can't do it. My, I, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I could do it it's myself. Not you. Okay. No, so I need to, I need to hire a hit man. I can't do it myself. Okay. A hit, a hit fisherman. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not for me. I really feel like I really feel like it would be tough, but I really feel like I could give up the the meat side of things. I think I would have the toughest toughest run with like cheese and and cream That's and, tough and butter. I, that That's would tough. be that would take a long time because that is so much a part of like what I grew up with. Where if something didn't taste right, put more butter in it. If something yeah. didn't and taste the right, after that, coat it with cheese. The replacements for cheese are bullshit. Like this, yeah, the replacements sure. they have are not they don't melt the same they don't they don't have the you know it sometimes they get the color right you know like like vegan cheddar looks like like oh man this is gonna be so good and it's not it's just isn't that worse you're yeah, like, like wow this looks great and then you're like what the fuck yeah wow that? it looks awesome and it tastes like feet <laughs> my uh my my niece uh has a very severe dairy allergy and mm. so we've been just exploring through all the different products and we still have yet to hit on one so any listeners out there if you got something that you really really love uh, yeah. let us know. I mean, I'll keep trying everything, but I can find substitutes for everything else except cheese. I just kids love the thing is kids love frozen pizzas. Ain't those Amy's pizzas with the vegan cheese. Those the kids like those. I, I couldn't get into it, but my daughter really? liked it. Do you like the, do you do any of the impossible meats? Is that stuff? That yeah. Those are, those are, you know, if you burn those enough on the grill and you, and you cover them up with enough stuff, it tastes like kind of like a burger. It's a kind it's the burger experience. You're not trying to, you're not fooling anybody, but it's, it's, <laughs> You can go to a cook. You can go to a cookout and participate. Okay, so it's not feet cheese. It's it's okay. It's passable. Yeah, no, yeah. The cheese is disgusting. The cheese is just, I don't know what. I see I see people in these like vegan Facebook groups, like just just loving on the cheese, and I I just no thanks. This, ca- <laughs> this cashew cheese is exactly like the genuine art. Bro, it's a ca- it's ca- it tastes like crushed up cashews. It does not taste like cheese stock. <laughs> yeah. This want, makes you me want to try. Be- you just want to make people who do eat cheese feel bad. You're like, well, oh, you, I want- well, you could be eating this, but you're eating that. You're eating the product, the milk product. It's like, <laughs> you're not fooling anybody. It tastes horrible. This makes me want to try these shitty vegan cheeses because I haven't tried any of them, and now I'm curious about how awful they are. Yeah, yeah, you'll decide not to go vegan. <laughs> the, yeah. Okay, cheese, the well. cheese in the tough area. Yeah, Charles, I feel like we had this discussion though. You yeah. said because of the the roots of a lot of of your background and the cuisine you grew up with that you don't think it would be that hard to go vegan. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a Lebanese household, and so many of the dishes that we ate were yeah. vegan by nature, uh, and it also had plenty to do with you know the the means that we had when we grew up. Uh, so eating meat was always like a special thing. So there are a lot of dishes where it's interchangeable, like lubia is this um, green bean and tomato stew. You can make it without meat or you can throw some ground lamb into it and how much how much cash you got that week and so i could i could do it but yeah we were talking about this at a bar recently my thing is that i really feel on a carnal level that i crave consuming meat i believe that i'm an omnivore yeah my brain developed the way that it did and my teeth and everything else because i consume both things I also do believe ardently that there's balance in all things. Like yeah. it's it's okay to say, you know what, I don't have to eat a burger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. And also we talk about sustainable farming, you know, Monterey Seafood Corporation, like sustainable fish, uh, uh, sustainably farmed fish. 
yeah. uh, all stuff that's welfare graded from places like Whole Foods. Try, just trying to do micro uh, uh, maneuvering to, to do things that are more responsible, even though I'm not as responsible as you are. Yeah, and the, the thing is, like here, getting meat that is not cruelly you know, slaughtered is difficult. Sure. You know, um, um, if you live in, in like a small country on a farm and a farm and you've got cows and you, and you raise those cows and you, and you kill them the way you're supposed to. And like that, I, that stuff doesn't bother me. It's, it's the, the videos that you'll see of the, of the, you know, the chicken that can't even stand up. You know, like that, those, those, I, uh, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't right. get one of them. And it just turned me off to eating them. It was no big moral okay. issue that I had. It was just turned, that seeing that video just turned me off to eating all that stuff. That's why, that's why those welfare ratings are important to me with places yeah. like Whole Foods. They should, yeah. it's it, in a weird way, it's perverse that they have levels. Like we treated this guy really great. Yeah. That guy's 80 well, cents yeah, cheaper. They do that with eggs. Okay. They've, got, they've got cage-free eggs, which yeah. are uh, pretty much, they're still crammed together. They're just not in cages. Then right. there's, then there's cage-free pasture is it pasture there's one level where they're they're kind of out they're kind of outside Ooh. the pasture eggs and, whatever and then are. free range and then free range which is kind of in the middle like free range means they have a little 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 elbow and wing room but not a lot yeah right. so there's there's levels of cruelty it's weird uh in I, I don't know that we could pull it off in a society our size especially given the way it's geared but uh one of my favorite things about traveling back to norway is like even if you buy like milk it lets you know where the farm was that the milk came oh, from yeah. and uh no farm is allowed to have if you're going to sell through this through the the country uh no farm can have more than 50 head of cattle uh they all have to be humanely treated um even like a lot of restaurants will say where all of their meat comes from yeah. like even all the way down to like their taco sort of knockoff chipotle place uh, it's all Norwegian meats from farms and better to know that, than not to know, you know? Yeah. 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 Definitely Agreed. good to know. Well, shit, here we go. So there we go. Uh, we've, we've covered the, 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 my transition from vegan. Are we doing another shot? <laughs> it's time, time for another guy. All right. Well, I've got this here. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's hogged. All right. Well, I'll use something. All right. Yeah, not working. Battery died. What a, tar- what a terrible time for the battery to die. That's the most depressing thing ever. <laughs> when you see that little red light beep and you're like, no. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to do a, I wanted to bring this in. This is, this is, as I said, career adjacent, hmm. but um, anybody that looks through your Instagram or your Facebook, you know, every week you're basically having interviews with some of the biggest uh, celebrities in the pop world um, yeah, on wild. a regular basis. And Zoom has, and this Zoom thing, they're never, I, this is my opinion. I don't think these guys are ever coming back to the studio in any of our situations. There's no. not, they don't need to. The Zoom interviews are fine. They, they, they sound fine. The audio's fine. Some, some of yeah. them perform from their bedroom. They, they yeah. love it. They're never and if they're not back. performing, they can they can keep like yoga pants or cargo shorts on below yeah. the camera. Roll like, over, go back to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I you don't even like just the traffic alone. That's got to be worth it to not have to leave your house. Yeah, even in like they've come to Sirius XM to perform to our offices. We're not allowed to go back to our offices. I'm like you know I'm in my cor- corner of my uh, of my house right now. We're not allowed to go back to our offices, but they have the performance space 
for, you know, for, you know, AJR to come perform one of their, sure. one of their singles. But as far as interviews are concerned, I don't know, bro. How, this is how easy <laughs> is this? That we're, how easy is this what we're doing? Well, exactly. Well, then, okay. So then looking back, I guess, in the, the, the before times, yeah. <laughs> uh, the people that usually make headlines and the people that get reality shows for sure usually end up being, they end up being those stars because they're off the charts or they're performing a character, whatever. Mm. I'm not that interested in that. I was wondering, has there been anybody that you've uh, talked to or interviewed that surprised you at how like down to earth and, and normal they were? Like, is there somebody where you're like, oh, you're just a, like a regular human and I wasn't expecting that. You know what? More often than not, that's, that's almost everybody. That's almost sure. everyone, except for the ones you've heard. Like you've, you've heard Britney Spears, right? right. You've heard her. And, and those are all those stories are true. <laughs> Britney, they, Britney, they bring in to your, the publicist brings her into your studio, sits her down. She stays there still until the light goes on. And then she turns it on and then the light goes off and she goes back to. That's so weird. They come, they come in and they pick her up and they, they escort her out of the studio. For the most part, when people come in, to promote their single or their movie or whatever they're promoting, they're in a good mood. It's, it's promotion day. They're about to make a shit ton of money. They're, they're really happy about it. So I always get people at their best. Everyone's super nice to me. And at least up here, everybody's been super nice. And, you know, uh, Katy Perry sat on the floor and talked to my daughter for 20 minutes after the interview, just cause, you know, just cause. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's, they're all, they've all been super nice and, and it might be the situation. There's, you know, it's big, it's, it's record release day. I'm in a great mood. It's, a, it's awesome. I love it. Do you think they get up to talk to you, but then when they have to like uh, zoom into the Czech Republic for the end of the day that they're not quite as, as ready to party? It's funny. I was talking to Ava Max <laughs> on Zoom like this. Sure. And it was her record release day. It was her promotions day. And she had just, it's funny that you mentioned the Czech Republic. She had just done an interview with the Czech Republic. <laughs> and she, and she, was on, she was on a world tour that day. And when she got off with me, she probably got on with, you know, with Italy. And then and after sure. that, she got on with Sweden. And then, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy world these guys live in too, you know? That's so wild. Charles, yeah. is, there, is there anybody that, uh, so Charles, uh, back in the day, uh, used to work with Shinders. I don't know if you remember Shinders back in, in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, the but, magazine shop, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you handle a lot of like the sports. A lot of signings and yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, I, I've burned through some of our stories about because we've we have discussed uh, celebrity experiences and they've been mostly positive. Yeah, I think I usually I usually hint that the stuff the guys that I didn't like like Joe Montana is a dick and uh, <laughs> Phil but Hellman like again those are the these, Joe Montana is one of those guys it's like you expect him to be a dick you know that guy right. heard stories you know he's a dick right no he knows he knows that I mean it, that's on brand he's like yes yeah Joe Montana, sure I am a dick. Uh, I'll go beyond the Shinders days. So when I was in college, I was a uh, uh, I worked at Kramarchex in East Hennepin, and uh, we saw a lot of athletes there, mostly players for the Wild. A lot of Wild players would come in. There was two in particular that came in and were like highly personable. Spent a lot of time talking to staff and were just very chill. Worked didn't seem to be in a rush. Came in and shopped for themselves. One was Derek Bugard, rest in peace, the old enforcer. He was amazing. Who was yeah. a gentle giant, super nice guy highly personable. And the other was of all people, Marion Gabryk, who was to this day, the biggest star the Minnesota wild have ever had, yeah. but he would come in himself with, I believe at the time his girlfriend, I don't know if it was his wife, but he'd come in, 
do his own shopping, would talk about video games. Like I'm a big video game geek. He talked to me about whatever racing game was out at the time. And he was just very much take his time, stand to the side by the cases, get his order, chat with you, and then just be on his way. Like he was any other mm-hmm. guest to the the deli. And I always thought that was, especially at that point, I'd already dealt with all the athletes I dealt with at Shinders. Cause I was very young when I was doing Shinders work. So this was post dealing with athletes all the time. He didn't yeah. know I used to work for Shinders. I was just trying to make some money while I was finishing my education. Uh, by doing some butchering and stuff at Kramarchex. And he was highly personable and super kind to a guy he just thought was working at a deli. And that's really cool because the guy was a yeah. huge fucking star at the time. He's a top 10 yeah. player in the league. I, I became a big, uh, Vikings fan because those guys were nice to me. I, you know, I met a yeah. couple of them and they were yeah. cool. And you know that, that that's why I was a Vikings fan. Brian McKinney was nice to me. Uh, Ray Edwards came on my show like every uh, every day because he was bored. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and then I became a fan. You know, I, I, I'm shallow like that. I'll like your team if you're nice to me. He he boxed uh, he boxed a good friend of mine, Ray Edwards. Oh yeah, I forgot he's about that. Boxing, yeah, story. Yeah. Their time. That's wild. Yeah, he's a giant. That dude. Yeah. My thing. I was trying to figure out like who did I think was going to be awful that ended up being oh, really okay. cool, hmm. and uh, you know, like I knew Prince was going to be weird, and I was so happy that he was weird. I love the fact that all of my Prince stories sound like something that you would hear in a cartoon like it's yeah that, yeah, yeah. That is, a, a, i love that he, he was a character for sure yeah but i think the one that I, I i absolutely had the lowest bar set and then ended up being pretty happy with was uh pete wentz the bass player from fallout boy uh yeah they were I, on they were on, yeah they were on a tour and they played uh uh xl energy uh like a big or a hockey stadium here and uh the the four guys couldn't have wanted to be on stage together less. It, it, I, I was very sad about how clearly uh, apathetic they were towards the songs and right. and the uh, each other. So their their name became literal. Yes. Okay. And <laughs> I knew that he was coming. He was coming for the official after party at the club that I was DJing at. Fun. And he was going to do a DJ set. And I was like, I cannot wait to see how this goes. And his uh, his rider was insane. Uh, really, and then his his handler shows up and brings in basically like this giant table of shit that he just puts over our stuff, and then he could have his little uh, his setup. Right. So he shows up, and we had met years and years before. And while we're kind of just standing next to each other, I bring up the story, and he remembered the show. We kept talking for a little while. We have some mutual friends, and then I was like, "Dude, who else is coming? Like your rider is crazy." And he goes, "I haven't even seen it." Right. I go, he goes, what's on it? And I, I gave him the piece of paper and he's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? So That's he funny. went up and he, he pulled everything but one bottle of vodka off of his table and just gave it out to people to go have fun and you know, whatever. Awesome. And then his, his DJ system was basically like press play and then hang up. Like literally it auto mixed all the songs into each other. Wow. And he did his little set. And then when they were done, he was having a good time hanging out. It was me and, uh, Another friend of ours, Tony, that you've met, uh, DJ Dudley D. Yeah. And Dudley jumped on and started doing like a little scratch session. And Pete was so interested in what was going on. Like he just hung out in our DJ booth the whole time trying to learn how to do everything. And I loved that. I was expecting this guy to not give a fuck and not do anything. And I don't think he actually talked to anybody else. He took some pictures at the end. Yeah. You guys probably provided him with a much needed night out. He yeah. he likes he's one of those guys who likes hanging out in the DJ booths and hanging out with DJs and he yeah. did that that's great that's awesome 
it was just like, and, and I felt kind of guilty afterwards when he left because I was just, I was bracing for this complete asshole of which we have all met more than a few. Yeah. And I, I honestly had shit on him pretty much the entire night until that point. Right. And then we left exchanging email addresses. We traded tracks for a while. He's just a, like a nice, normal guy that probably doesn't get to interact with other normal people all that often. So coming from the nightclub business, I, I'm curious. I've always been curious. How much does a Pete Wentz get paid to come through the nightclub after a fallout uh, of the show? That show was $10,000. Gosh. And he just swings through, swings through, hangs out, and gets to hang out with you guys, probably had a few drinks, and yeah, that's I mean, what a great gig. Yeah, no, no one cares about him DJing. That's yeah. why he's got the playlist. They yeah, see him right. standing up there with his eyeliner on, talking to Yeah, right, right. exactly. What's he going to be like? He's like, hey, leave, leave me alone. No request. Write it down on the pad. Like, he's there to, he's there to <laughs> meet people. Right. And there's, there are people that will, that will like, uh, there's myriad stories of celebrities that have, have come for similar or more money. Didn't Paris been, Hilton uh, come through too? Min yeah, to come to Minnesota? That was more. Yeah. <laughs> that was more. How much is that? Uh, like, how much is that? That's like 30 to 40. <sighs> You'll never recoup it. You'll never recoup it. All you're doing is, is Image. hoping for that boost of fame and, and then, equitable. Yeah, yeah. And using those photos right. for the next two or three years. Yeah. Um, no. You know, Pre 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 Kanye Kim when Kim Kardashian came through yeah that was that was either ten or fifteen grand and uh, she at least like played the part she had yeah. a, a bottle of Grey Goose sitting there and a bottle of Grey Goose filled with water and she was she didn't drink the whole time and she just took pictures with everybody and said like oh my god I love your shirt oh my god like your boyfriend is handsome oh my god da 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 and didn't you say she bought an actual bottle of Grey Goose but then just like gave it to she people. didn't buy it no that was part of a rider yeah, but she did right. she the, her actual oh, yeah, bottle of vodka to, she poured it out to everybody that came through to get pictures and then she had a separate it. bottle that she poured that was just water in it that's uh, nice that's, that's like cool. a small courtesy that yeah. means nothing to her yeah. so that's yeah. that's nice and and again going back to the steakhouse thing i'll still give her credit because she ordered a fucking filet mignon it was medium well but she ordered a filet mignon yeah. and she crushed it wow it's medium well though. i'm just i was i was blown away Protein diet and then piles of cocaine later on. I that animal that. died for nothing, Tony. Medium well, medium well filet. <laughs> that's funny. Oh man, that's that's just amazing. Well, shit. Uh, dare we? Uh, dare we have another bump? Oh my goodness. Okay, that's a time flies when you're having fun, there, bud. Yeah, I had to charge us for a minute. Oh, oh, you got it. Got that battery no. on. We'll wait for it. <laughs> I will say, uh, uh, in, in allegedly, it's been fun watching how creative uh, a lot of people have gotten in uh, places that aren't uh, herb friendly, and seeing the different things that people have been doing to figure right. figure out end arounds with it. Uh, you know, um, uh, lack you guys even have medical? Like, is there medical? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there is we that. Actually just got we just got flower medical as like the last thing they passed. They're like here this will hold you over so do you have to like go get a card or something like do you have a card and what you do what you tell the guys like i get headaches sometimes and he's no. like okay sure. i know it's easier to do now than it once was but no I, I haven't i have friends who have the the pen with the battery and all that stuff and it's yeah it's pretty easy like i get headaches all the time like you know, I got a fucked up neck. I bet I could go to the doctor and be like, when what do I, I do about this? When I moved here, uh, it was only medicine, uh, medicinal. And so I was here for the actual changeover. But I went in and, I, and he's like, what's your problem? I'm like, I have an addiction to marijuana. And uh, 
That's the only thing. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to hear, bro? I don't know. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? I get. Oh, well, there's I only get... one way to treat that. <laughs> he goes with oh, marijuana. So you, so you, can't, you can't sleep, huh? All right. Yeah. So, yeah it was, it was, and it was like some. It was like some surfer dude in a in a in a like a, a doctor's coat. <laughs> and he's like, all right, bro. All right, bro. I'm gonna give you a prescription for that, right? Yeah. You know, when your doctor calls you, bro. And he's and he's on, oh my God. on, on Venice Beach. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Van Wilder, MD. Or exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Cheers to Van Wilder, MD. Bro, <laughs> salute. We already got some great Titles? possibilities for the title. <laughs> I got check check and Van Wilder, MD. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Question number three. This is travel Ooh, oriented. I like this one. This is um, this was sort of predicated on a conversation we had on a prior episode regarding how important it is for us to find food at, on trips, and then we went on from there. So this is more uh, geared toward planning. So how much planning do you do for trips, Tony? From packing, timeliness to the airport, and the itinerary you set up for your destination. Uh, very little, uh, planning. I'll, I, last time I went to Jamaica, I went with no hotel reservations. Just that's you know. amazing. I've always wanted to do that. I've never done it. There's, oh, there's always somewhere. There's always, you know, you can find a, a half decent $40 a night room. You know, that's, there's always something, uh, Italy, the other place I travel on a pretty regular basis. I don't really have to because my dad's house is there. So I just, you know, I just go there and from there I travel to wherever I want to travel. So I have a base of operations. Once you have that, but the hotel's the big pain in the ass, the whole, that, all that stuff going on. But is uh, it, is it possible for our listeners? We have a lot of people that love traveling and exploring. Can you talk a little bit more about where in Italy it is that you go? And obviously your father lives there, but like what, what ties you have to that area? Um, it's uh, the name of the town is Minturno. M-I-N-T-U-R-N-O. And it's in uh, Lazio, which is uh, this, in the same province as Rome. Oh, okay. And it's right on the coast. It's, a, it's a, a, just a little beach town that got hit really hard in World War II, uh, was in the middle of major battles. So, it, you know, the, the town had to come back from being just destroyed by, by uh, American bombs trying to get the Nazis out of there. It was just... Yeah, it's just so much history in this little town, and it's also a beach town, which is which is really nice. So there's you know the the aforementioned seafood everywhere. So it's, and it's a, it's a nice little place, a nice little relaxing beach town where Italians go to you know vacation. Um, oh shit! You got yeah, that insider it, track. <laughs> yeah, Ita- Ita- it, people from Naples go to Minturno to you know spend their summers. So it's like a sleepy coastal town. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it gets, it wakes it. You know what it is? It's like, uh, for three or four months out of the year, it's like a major, major town, major city. And then for the rest of the year, when everybody leaves in the, after the summer, it's just a little ghost town with old people. Ah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's It's a cute place. I love it. Sounds like San Sebastian in Spain where it's like yeah. fucking chaos in the summer. And then it's just like dead the rest of the year yeah everyone listening go look up minturno uh on google just google some of the pictures you'll like it that's dope sounds like where my condo is in lebanon in a small town called matrun it's a sleepy coastal town up the west coast from beirut and similarly like the whole area was war-torn and 
So there's like this cool rusticity to it that people carried on. They are still living their lives. And there's like kind of a beautiful, almost sorrowfulness to it. Sure. But it's, and it's right on the coast and plenty of, plenty of seafood. And, and, and yeah, I want to go to Lebanon life. someday. I definitely want to go just because people tell me I look Lebanese. And I want to say, I want to see a bunch of people who look like me. You know what, Tony, you do look Lebanese. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Uh, and and <laughs> ever since then, I've been interested in going to Lebanon. Yeah. Am I picturing the town right that it's on the on the the east coast then, like on the side kind of facing? Greece? No, it, it's on the west coast, on the front, okay. shin, in front of the shin, like right, right where the shin of the boot would be. Got it, got it, got it. Between Rome and Naples. Oh, okay. Right. So can you go there unannounced because your father is there and you could? My father I mean, is in Connecticut now. The house is empty. I can go there whenever I want. Oh, so okay. Do you? So in Lebanon, if I'm going to visit, I have to. So I do have to do a lot of planning ahead because you got to get the power turned on you got to get the water turned on you got to get i mean yeah i gotta turn i gotta turn the gas and stuff on but i can do that that's that's the yeah that's like you can do it manually okay yeah Yeah, so you don't have to i mean you could just be like fuck it i gotta get out of here and you can head over there someday i've I've told everyone that i'm friends and uh, friends and family i've told them that someday i will disappear and that and people are gonna wonder what happened to tony and that's where i'll be and i'll just you know yeah no mystery I I (laughs) i buy round trip tickets every time but there's always a chance that that return flight might not get taken. You'll just be like a Christian Bale at the end of the last dark night. Like, like <laughs> Michael Caine will just be sitting at a nice little like cafeto shop. And yeah, then you'll yeah, just yeah. see you sitting happily at a cafe table. That's, like a Lebanese Christian happen. Bale. Dude, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's, that's I do, I do want to drill back though. Uh, how are you about getting to the airport? Like, are you a, I have to get there super early. Are you a, just in time to get on the flight? Cause I think I this have, divides people. Yeah. I, I, up till recently, I have been a get there. At the, matter of fact, when I lived in Minnesota, I was a get there at the last minute person every single time. Running, running onto the plane. Got I got onto the plane so late one time, the entire flight applauded when I walked on because that made me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, the only uh, time that plane clappers have done something fun. Oh yeah, yeah. it's got to be. But before. at LAX, it's impossible. You can't do that. You, could, you there's always something that could fuck everything up. Like in Minnesota, you could get there at the last minute. LAX is always a yeah. So I get there early now. Like I'm, I'm there an hour early. So How do you pack? Are you a heavy packer? Um, I'm yeah yeah. I probably overpack probably. Just I don't know because okay. possibilities. You don't know. Like my when I go to Jamaica, my intention is not to go to nightclubs, but. Sometimes you end up at a nightclub. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny these variables, you know, because you're late, but you like pack for every possibility. You seem like you're maybe borderline ill prepared for when you arrive, but you know you can make it work. Yeah. Hotels tonight. Yeah. You get the hotels tonight app. You can fucking find a hotel for 10 bucks. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Quam, how about you? I uh see. So I am 100% an overpacker. Uh, when I used to go to camp when I was a kid, I would change a couple times in the day just because I wanted to wear something different. Right. I, uh, but see, to we're, me, and we're, and we're big guys. We sweat. You know, it's exactly. It's good, like, it's no good matter what, on, you know, I'm probably going somewhere warmer than Minnesota. Yeah. So I'm probably going to sweat. That's, right. that's a fact. Uh, but like, I also think that when you're packing and you're doing that, it's almost a little bit of a fantasy. You're like, oh, I might do this. Or, oh, I might go there. We might find a nice restaurant. I want to dress up. And I will pack my stuff accordingly. When it comes to actually having to leave to go to the airport, up until two to three years ago, I or actually I should say about five years ago, I was I, I have 
sprinted multiple times through yeah. multiple airports. I have missed flights because of that. Uh, I've, I've gone through all of that stuff. I have now started falling in love with certain airports and yeah. I will go early because I actually like the culture there. Uh, yeah. There are bars and restaurants at a few airports that I will specifically go to the airport two hours early to hang out at. Now I'll still get to my gate. That's some white guy shit though. If you're Arab, you don't want to be in the airport. That's fair. That's fair. TSA <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just ushers me through. They're like, he's fine, clearly. Charles right. de Gaulle, they just start creeping behind me. I'm like, you know, just got right. a sandwich. Like, even, even, at, even at the bar, like just go sit in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> sit in the corner with your drink, not by yourself, just looking around. Yeah. But I have uh, I have done uh, the the loose and free uh, hotel thing twice. I still had places booked. Like I had a couple places booked when I got there and I was going to be traveling around. And then I booked as I went. And I have had two instances, one at 19 and one at 28, where uh, I got swindled into like the, the, the crack and prostitutes hostel slash hotel. Uh, and the second weird name yeah you think yeah. no one would go yeah. well the problem was it was it was in french <laughs> so the neon sign <laughs> the neon sign is really nice though i mean it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's that, that script font is very nice oh yeah, yeah. it sounds cool in french yeah. uh the 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 spot that i was at in london um uh, they actually offered to uh padlock up our our luggage because it was so unsafe <laughs> oh, to be there that feel uh, <laughs> let me see the pot let me see the padlock <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so it was that, that was that that last time i mean that was that was gross enough that like i was afraid about what i was going to get on my skin from like sleeping in the bed so i slept in my clothes on top of the covers and it was it was awful and so that was enough where i was like you know what i've worked my ass off i've worked two to three jobs for more than a decade i'm i worked that hard so that i can plan ahead and i can know that where i lay down is going to be nice so yeah, I do. Yeah. I overplan my hotels. I make sure that I have okay. a, a good place to stay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not Pass saying I, I. I've landed at the at the hotel that I, I didn't want to land at, and there's you know, <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. there have there have been like in, makeup. Yeah. Oh wow! Is that bug bomb? Oh, I love the smell of bug bomb in the morning. As I think me and my friends have been saying for years about, you know, you're in a shitty hotel if it smells like clown makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you don't hate clowns, you don't want that smell. Look, look, if you got to check the corners of the bed to see if there's blood from Uh bed bugs, like if you already have to check, you don't, you shouldn't be here. Like that's not the spot. If there's (laughs) any question about what the stain is at all, if you can't instantly say, okay, that's pizza stain. That's pizza. Okay, that's fine. That's pizza. Oh if yeah. You can instantly the, identify it. You don't want to be there. The hotel that I rolled the dice with when I was nineteen in Winnipeg, Canada, uh, I, I opened the curtains and it was just a brick wall. They put a frame up with curtains so it seemed like there was a window, but no, it was that's just adorable. a brick wall. Wow. And then I was like, "Well, where's the bathroom?" They're like, "There's one toilet for the floor, and the shower is right next to it, and there was uh, not a curtain." That sounds like the good behavior cell. <laughs> Look at this, the Riviera. <laughs> oh man, it was gnarly. That was. Uh, I still think about Winnipeg that way. But uh, Charles, where where do you land on that? So I am. We did talk about this a little bit in the prior episode. I like to plan a lot of shit. I like to be. I like to be ready for anything, but also ready for anything. If that makes sense, I want to yeah. know. I have possibilities displayed before me, uh, but also have right of first refusal to be like, I don't care. I want to do some other shit. So I always do make a lot of plans. And I think it lends itself to me uh, being real efficient with, with packing. 
I'm I'm a real tight packer. If I know I have a fucking two-star Michelin restaurant book, sure, I better bring some nice clothes, but then I know when I'm packing, that's going in the suitcase. Uh, I try to do the like personal item instead of carry-ons or even yeah. bring a bag. If you can shove it under the chair, you know, your iPad's in there, you got some some underoos and socks and like maybe one nice dress shirt, and then you're already wearing nice pants, three-day weekend, that kind of thing. Uh, I always pack, I pack like I'm escaping the feds. Like I'm like, here we go. Like 10 minutes, I'm done. And then my wife Marnie's like, holy shit, how are you? How are you ready? I've been packing for two and a half days. Like, yeah. I always pack like I'm fucking escaping the country. So that part of the equation, I'm really uh, haphazard about, I would say, even though I always have everything I need. I've never found myself with something I like, oh shit, I'm missing a shirt. Yeah, okay, I'll go to the fucking store on the corner. Now I got a shirt from uh, San Diego. Like, oh, that's the shirt I bought in San Diego. <laughs> so that part I'm really like efficient about. I do plan heavily for the flights, the hotels, where, like, what city I want to be in at what time. And I do try to book cool shit to do prior. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of prep. I can, yeah, Charles, I, you, you just reminded me of, of a story. I, I, again, going back to the, uh, we're, we're going to use some a different name so as not to implicate anybody. But mm. to anybody in the uh, the Atlanta, Georgia music scene, uh, there was an incredible legendary drummer that we're going to call Jimmy Limo. Mm. Uh, those of you that know him will know that reference. And uh, he went on a, a nationwide tour with his band and drove a limo the entire way because he doesn't trust planes and he doesn't trust TSA. And uh, I, I saw his apartment. And literally all of the furniture, all of the, uh, like the, the shelving on the wall, it was all built out of milk crates. And I was like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you're older than me. Like, how, how is this a thing? And he goes, hey, man, you never know when you might just need to get the fuck out in the middle of the night. <laughs> and then he just lit a cigarette and walked away. Love and it. I think about that Love dude it. all the time when I see people like <laughs> with just like a book bag you at the airport. He's right. <laughs> ready to go, and he's 100 right. You never know. You never no, know, and no. you know you got to drop all the balls and get the, get the hell out of there. Yeah, I get. Let's it. go. What do you need? You got you got your list of the eight things you need to grab if you got to go right. forever. <laughs> I, you know, obviously limo is not gotta, his last name, but I'm convinced. I don't even think his first name is Jimmy. But that's just what everybody calls him, and you go with it. <laughs> yeah, if, Tony, think about this: if you if you smoke weed in the state, you have to have that list of eight things you got to grab if you got to leave right away. Yeah, <laughs> wild, that is wild. Well, marijuana. That's wild. <laughs> that there are people in jail for this shit. It's so stupid. So Fuck, they're still in jail in the States where it's fully legal and there are people making millions of dollars off of this stuff. Guy sold $5 a week 20 years ago. He's still sitting there like, can I, can I go home? Yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Kevin and Elk River is on his fifth DUI and just cruising around to the bars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and he's in there. He's in there and he's leaving in the same car. It's way bars broken. He's just yeah. Yeah. around in the cornfields. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, All right. Man. Well, here's the Kevin and Elk River. Oh, fucking Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Fucking Kevin. Bro, call a fucking Uber, dick. Right? Uh, all right. Taking it back, we are we are all of men of a, a certain age, we shall say. Mm -hmm. So we uh, we had some primetime years in the uh, in the 80s cartoon era. 
and not trying to lead it that way, but just wondering, is there something looking back when you were a kid, is there something from a show or a movie that scarred you then that still kind of fucks you up now? Like, I feel like we, we airbrush a lot more stuff now back then you could have some real trauma in some of these like kids movies and shows. Like, what do you and like? What, for, give me a, for instance, what do you, what's in your head? So the, the, the easiest one to me when I came up with this question was uh, Artax, the horse in Neverending Story. Like mm. literally the horse gives up and says, it's not worth trying anymore. I'd rather die than live. And this kid is trying to pull his horse out of the mud and it chooses to die rather than even fight. I was seven when I saw that and I'm still not okay with that. I think about that fucking horse more than most things I've learned in my life because I never want to just give up and die in the mud. See, with, yeah. with, with, with me, cool. I, don't, I don't have a particular, like, I remember seeing, what was that, Nightmare, Night of the Living Dead, the zombie movie, the, 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 is it a Tromo zombie movie, one of those? Yeah, yeah. I've, I have not been, I've been, I've stayed away from scary movies my entire life because one time when I was like nine or 10, I watched Salem, Salem's Lot. Remember Salem's Lot? Oh, I watched yeah. that on, that was on TV and I didn't, no one saw me watching it and I was watching it and that startled me so hard and I hated the way I felt from it so bad that I still to this day won't, don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to be scared. I'm yeah, gonna pay dude, money to I go into a place that. and be scared. <laughs> yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I don't have I any of that. I didn't movies. even. I didn't even think about that aspect of the question. But absolutely, like horror can really scar you. Like if, yeah. if you, if, if you're not expecting it to be that scary, yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like that with roller coasters. Also, like I, like I, I came to a point where I realized, like, what the fuck am I doing to myself? I hate this. I hate. That. I'm not, <laughs> I, st I stayed in line for an hour and a half to get on this stupid thing, and I hated every second of it, just to prove to whoever I was with that I could do it too. Fuck that. I feel yeah. that's how I feel about oh, horror man. movies. I'm gonna that's be scared. Me last, that's me last time I went on rides at the state fair, which didn't happen last year, but the year prior. I was like, my neck feels great with my shitty ass neck. And I went out of my right. I like to go, I like to go to the midway when I'm nice and lubricated, just go on all the rides. Dude, I was my neck, my neck was so bad for like three weeks. I was like, uh, okay, that was my that was my uh final world tour. That was yeah. my retirement tour. No more whirly birds, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> I can't. And, it's like, and especially those places like, what is that? The Wisconsin Dells. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those, the, the roller coasters at the Wisconsin Dells are for people who are trying to kill themselves slowly. Those things they haven't are been so... serviced in 30 years. Yeah. No. And they sound like it. They sound like it. They yeah. sound like, yeah. You, you can hear the age in the chains that are pulling that thing up to the top of the hill. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Everything's no. creaking and swaying and like, and you look at the guys that are working at it. They're not even watching. They're just looking at their phones and like eating stuff and licking their greasy fingers. Yep. So are all those places like, is there going to be a state fair in Minnesota this yep. year? Yes. They all just those places are open, it. huh? They just announced it this week. I, a uh, week ago, uh, two weeks ago, I went to the, they did like a summer kickoff. I think it was their litmus test yeah. to see if the actual fair was possible. My expectation was actually that they were going to do tiered, like time tiered tickets, which would make uh. them significantly more money and that's the way that this supplementary version worked they're not they're just doing general admission i'm surprised wow. but i think they just were think about to... that cam think about that camera shot that every tv station runs uh during the state fair yeah. of just wall just everybody shoulder to shoulder uh walking through the midway in the state fair 
They've never, I mean, it's the most uh, attended fair in the the world, really. Yeah. And there's no, if it seems like there's no governor to determine the number of people that can be present. This year yeah. is going to be chaos. If there's not an admission, uh, Cap. there has to be some sort of, it's going to be so many people. Yeah. And that's the bus I'm, factor is going to be to the, to the nth degree. It's gonna I be. wonder how they're going to handle that. I want, I mean, I wonder how many people won't go. Like I wouldn't go. I wouldn't, I, 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 I don't think I'll ever go to crowded things like that anymore. But I have to for work, but I'm bringing the mask with. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. If anybody gives yeah. me shit, I'm going to be like, it's because you're disgusting. I'm not worried <laughs> right. about it. <laughs> right. Gross. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, yeah. people that just cough on their hands and like touch everything. Like that's what I'm really worried about because I didn't get a cold or the flu in the last year. That taught yeah. me that uh, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Was a there a lot of mask bullshit there? Did, uh, did Minnesota go? Was there a lot of like, you know? Well, we're in Minneapolis. Things were things were good in Minneapolis. If you get yeah. out to the outer fringes, there's a lot of you know people stomping their feet. More it's than a hoax. All of that, yeah. Steal, which is unfortunate. But drop a I didn't pin. see any of it. I don't. You know, I, I have this philosophy too brown for this town, so I don't go to a lot of like <laughs> right communities. I just I, I like Minneapolis. I right. I'm happy here, and we're at like fucking ninety percent. Almost ninety percent of people have had at least one shot. It's spectacular. Yeah. It's what you're looking for. The if you drop a pin like right on the Mississippi River between Minneapolis and St. Paul, and you pull a thread in any direction, every ten miles on the map, the uh, anger freedom just goes up one notch. The farther mm -hmm. out you get, the higher it goes. And by the time yeah. you get out where there are farms and houses at the same time. Uh, then you'll get that'll be mixed in with some other derogatory slur that will be yelled at when you walk hmm. into a, a building with a mask on. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, wow, it's, right. Yeah, I mean, well, they, we had we had those people here. All the all the viral videos that happened with like the Karens are basically Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen any of those people, but I I know that a lot of like Orange County folks or they're you know and they're they're like up north Minnesota people. They're they're you know in in there also like. Northern okay. California is is kind of wild, like super red, libertarian yeah. area. I didn't really understand that, and then I met some people from there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't leave my yard. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to go see anybody right now. I don't know. Everyone there is pretty cool. I I haven't. I mean, people wear masks. They don't let you in if you don't want. If you're not wearing a mask, you can't come in here. Now that's if you if you, the thing is one thing about L.A. The rents are exorbitant. They're ridiculous. The rent, the rent and mortgage is disgusting here. If they take away the things that come with it, like the, the great restaurants and the, you know, what the fuck are you doing here? So you, you better right. put your mask on or else you can't go to the restaurant that you want to live yeah. near. You know? What are we doing here? That's Why am I right. paying the premium for the walkability? Right. No goddamn point at this stage. Yeah. So I, there hasn't been a problem around here. I feel like that was such a solid digression. I don't remember. Have you even, you haven't even gotten to answer that side of it, right? No. What scarred you when you were a child? It's going to be easy. I feel like maybe this question derived from on a previous episode, we talked about horror movies and stuff. Horror movies when I was a kid didn't scare me. And it, I got a kick out of playing horror movies for my friends and then like peering at them while they were hiding under their blanket because it was so yeah. funny to me to see them mortified by what was happening on screen. I found horror movies funny when I was a child, but I got scared by shit like, Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, uh, <laughs> Wizard of Oz, and then 
Yeah, by... those damn flying monkeys. I know those flying monkeys yeah. trip me out too, bro. I know. A lot, a lot of weird, creepy shit. Even just yeah. the, even the main characters, the protagonists were fucking weird. They were weird. Yeah. The so my, I guess my example, my selection, because we like to say on this podcast that on any given day you can answer a question in a very different way. Sure. My selection today is the Oompa Loompas, man. Ooh. Yeah, they're 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 bad. Uh, they dude, it, it mortified me. Have you it seen the new Oompa Loompas? The one dude that they, the clone Loompa Loompas in the new. Yes. Uh, those are that's no. even scarier. Don't want. Yeah, is it? No. Yeah. No. No. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it's one dude. One guy clone. that they cloned for all of them. But they're all. Oh, oh, so like it's the same. Yeah. So they they made yeah. the okay, which is maybe was that the intention in the first one for everyone to look exactly the same. Were they supposed uh, to be clones? They were, that, they were the same species. Yeah, I don't remember I, that I don't being know. being a part of the book, but I guess I read that when I was a child. Did they use the OG song? Did they use that that voice? That they, yeah, but it was well, it was well remixed. It yeah, was well Daniel remixed. Elf, Daniel Elfman did all the music for it, so it's even creepier. That's what made it. That took it over the edge. Ooh. That voice. <laughs> also, that they're all <laughs> celebrating every song is celebrating the death of a child. I mean, that's oh uh, yeah, it was nice. like a Gregorian nice. chant celebrating the death of children. That's <laughs> moving. A voice right. too deep for a man that small, like dude. Such a great. Oh, movie. I gotta go. I gotta go. Oh man. Uh, all right. So um, my answer for this, like, our tax forever will fuck with me. I literally, I'm not kidding you guys. I think about this at least once a month. About literally one of the best characters in a movie choosing to give up and commit suicide and then i watched that at such a young age but should be a meme you know like i'm good uh, (laughs) i i I actually made a meme out of it for the viking season last year that's that's a whole different story uh but i was trying to remember because this is also something that has been with me most of my childhood and adult life um the the claymation mark twain is anybody familiar with this no, Did you bring no, this up I, I generally stay away from the same age. Yeah, um, you brought this up on the opera plot. I'm sorry, yeah. I have no fucking idea what you're talking. So about. I, I, I rewatched that scene after we we brought it up, and uh, it really still like affects me. There's a, a scene where, um, where so the whole thing is like Mark Twain ends up hanging out with actual Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn and uh, Wendy, I think was her name. Mm-hmm. They like jump around through time and he's like trying to teach them about the world and the universe. And so it's like Bill and they, Ted, but claymation. Yeah, yes. Except instead of ending up at um, the group project where the jock yells, San Dimas High School football rules and right. everyone cheers and then they do the rock concert, uh, they end up on a barren rock talking to uh, death. And then death talks about how he's basically ready to wipe out humans because they're all selfish and disgusting. And then he, in front of these children creates a society and then gets mad at them for being selfish and squishes them with his hand huh. and I, I i watched that in school in third grade see and i went i went to a, a a catholic school and they were literally saying like this is how god feels and when you see a rainbow just remember that's a remnant from the last time god did this yeah so just remember that People, people be getting fucked up by God. Remember that. <laughs> Remember that. If you I'll fuck you up, yeah. If you get mad at your friend for not letting you play video games, he might just come squish you and everyone you know, right. and then wipe you off the earth. You anyway, want to be a rainbow? Have a great time. You Enjoy want to be a rainbow, you're very thin. <laughs> you want to be a rainbow, you little brat? 
<laughs> and like I thought when we were talking about it on the opera ball, I thought maybe I had I had like hey that's this fever dream this seems like a nice thing to be. People want to be trees. I'll, I want to be a tree. Plant me sure. in a tree. You can be a rainbow instead. <laughs> Do it. What is that on Amazon? Can wow. Uh, that's forty-eight no. hours. The rainbow seed. No. Okay. I allegedly <laughs> went to Portland where it's legal, and uh, I got a bunch of mushrooms and then i watched it uh, again and boy i'll tell the you the only portland we recognize on the show yes yes exactly also on a personal <laughs> note once again fuck portland maine uh, trying to steal paul bunyan from us we have at least one listener no we have actually three listeners in portland maine uh facetiously fuck you but also <laughs> fuck you portland I maine culture Portland, Maine is trying to steal paul bunyan and baby i didn't know this yes. from i didn't from know this <laughs> Look it up. There is there is a You're like nah, it was on, us. There's a full on movement <laughs> to say that, lame that thing Portland to dedicate Maine. time to. <laughs> let's make yeah. a shirt. Yeah, let's make a shirt. Shout out to the food scene. Shout out to the beer scene. <laughs> Lots of nice people up there. Yeah. But if you're Maine Paul Bunyan, if you're pro Maine Paul Bunyan, I, I can't fuck yeah. That's our main issue with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Imagine, imagine that's your, of all the shit that's going on in the world, that's the, that's what you jump on to, to try to fix. It. That's the issue it. that you're trying to fix. No, it's, well, I mean, I guess it depends what the parallel is, but if you can, you're there, you're, you're, you, live in, you live in Portland, Maine, and there are no issues with racism, uh <laughs> over taxation and overfishing uh, overfishing there's no there's no issues that you could dedicate your time to that you feel more passionate about than yo than, but that's uh, what i'm saying paul Tony, bunyan is if they wear a black lives matter shirt and a mask and do a restaurant and they start shouting about paul bunyan i'm okay with that <laughs> 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 all right all right i'll agree with that i as long as you as long as you agree to my politics i'll i'll let the battle continue yeah, they're like what we really got to talk about here is where did paul bunyan derive from <laughs> and babe the the purple ox you son of a bitch yeah that's when you pull up the uber app it's time to go home yeah yeah i gotta go <laughs> i gotta that's go. right kevin and kevin we, and we've, River. Run, we've run out of shit to talk about yeah. <laughs> to portland oregon if the, only the only portland, portland we recognize until nice. they give up the paul bunyan plate portland all right oh man you know i wish we were in the same room but this is still kind of fun getting to actually like look at each other and oh. have a conversation wow that's for sure cool. for sure what what's exactly. the cool bar what's the cool bar there in minnesota now like where would we be if we oh, were out we're meteor yeah we're we're older so as long as you're okay with just like a chill vibe and really good yeah. cocktails he's right meteor yeah we're actually uh so we're currently recording from my business in northeast minneapolis patmos designs i own a creative services business it's above the sample room i don't know if you remember this place oh i remember the sample room yeah yeah dude. i love so that whole neighborhood that whole area is beautiful oh yeah i lived across the street for seven years i just love this river area northeast here yeah beautiful literally right across the river is meteor it's uh rob jones who did all of gavin gig case right. uh, uh liquor programs for years and elliot manthe worked with him and tyler play now mm -hmm. and it's just it's actually an embarrassing sum of talent like embarrassing uh in riches yeah, it, right. it makes no sense that there's so many talented people working in that bar except for the fact that it's a uh bartender's bar like you go there, bartenders hang out there. 
when I was there for the first first time going to drink at a bar a couple of weeks ago when my wife and I went there, it's an unending stream of, you know, uh, the Nick Kosovich's of the world, Jeff Rogers, Tyler's behind the bar, Javi's back there, Rob, Elliot. It was, you, you feel at home if you know people in that scene here. And even if you don't, it's like very, it's almost seedy. It's just no yeah. nonsense, scraped up bar, very Chicago style, great drinks. I think that that's where we would be. And we've recorded there. Yeah, we have. Uh, Tony, do you remember Stand Up Franks? Stand Up Franks. Yeah. Uh, what was that again? It was up West Broadway, uh, like North and North Second. So I, I don't think I've ever been there, but okay. I remember hearing if, about it. So that that's where it is basically mm. like now do you remember yeah, bj's yeah. that would be yes. yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah oh yeah it's right down the street from bj's yeah it's a block and right. a half from bj's oh, so you remember bj's mm. huh okay yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i have lots of memories from bj's yeah, yeah I, it's been a long I, I i am definitely due for a trip back to minnesota because i'm hearing too many places that uh I don't, I don't recognize like meteor i have no idea like that's that's not even on my radar at all i'm Literally gonna go check new. that out dude they were open for like maybe four months before this shit happened and their cocktails only here's another thing hey minnesota liberal state cool you want beer here's two packages you can take it home in that's still yeah. a problem however and for places like surly you can't take anything home but do you for do a you place like that, meteor the, do you, you think it's about you can't do their cocktails back. do you think it's bouncing back do you think the bar business is about is coming back or is, did uh, right now yeah absolutely there. yeah yeah we're good especially in in the actual city we're performing at a high level when it comes to uh our, our vaccination inoculation yeah. so people are returning to the bar that's great if i'm i'm a germaphobe if i'm going to the bar then that's it's it better be sign. clean yeah yeah but the bar's got next to no help from our local and state government at all Every no. possible yeah. liquor law Especially, was basically held up. They didn't they should be, they, I mean, you should be used to that. You shouldn't, you know, yeah. the city government never was on the side of the bar business and bar and restaurant business in, in Minneapolis. We hate it's, spots. It's goofy. Yeah. It's goofy. But yeah. all of what we've just been speaking about is a great parlay into this question, which I was sort of, I was sort of regretting this being one of my topics of conversation. Because you have evidenced your hatred for Zoom and FaceTime. <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, it, the technology saved, as far as the media, yeah. it saved us. God, it saved us. So basically, let me, let me circle the wagons here. Zoom and FaceTime. I mean, these things were foreign to me, even though I had FaceTime on my phone for a long time. It was foreign to me pre-pandemic. I wouldn't FaceTime people. If someone FaceTimed me, I'd be like, they must be but FaceTime me. Why, why are you videoing me unless we've already discussed something you have to show me visibly? But via the, the last year, I, I'm going to stop using the P word. No one, no one listening to this wants to hear it. Right. But via this last year and a half, uh, I think some quality things have emerged. For instance, being a germaphobe, you know, people are being cleaner. The mask wearing, I think, is a good thing. Those are good examples like maybe during cold season especially in minnesota it's already cold you're warming your nose and shit like wearing a fucking mask and then the 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 dynamic of of facetiming or zooming i don't know if we would have thought to have this conversation with you pre-pandemic but now that this technology is so readily available we all have experience with it i have happy hours with like for instance my my brother-in-law scott and his fiance abra 
we do happy hours sometimes they're in atlanta like yo let's fucking hang out for a couple hours drink some bubbly and talk so my question is what has come out of this otherwise awful situation that will be something that we do for a long time or maybe forever that you think is actually a positive i think a lot of work is going to be done at home i think that like right now with technology and with zoom and all the other things that came out during this year and a half i like right now with what i'm doing with you guys there's no way for you to tell if i'm at sirius xm studios if i'm in if i'm in my backyard up against the backdrop right all, all the equipment it works just as the functionality is exactly the same as the studio i think a lot of businesses are, are going to experience why do we need to pay rent on this huge office when these guys only have to come in two at a time every once in a while and you know that a lot of that is gonna is gonna go on i don't know what i don't know what'll happen to real estate like that but i know that i, I look at our situation they use the uh they use the performance space, but maybe not as many of the studios are getting used because the shows are getting done from home. So I would think that's going to be the same for a lot of businesses. A lot of, a lot of people will be working from home. A lot of traffic will get better. I hope, you know, that'd be awesome to have that's LA huge. better traffic. Oh my God. Is there anything that, that in your personal world that has changed that you hope stays that way? Is it the same thing? Is it, is, is there anything else there? I like, I'm a homebody. So this, I was built for this. I never had a problem with, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, you want me to stay home and work? Sure. Yeah. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm good with it. I've, I've been good with it. I was built for this. <laughs> That's awesome. What are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Gross. I think my dog's about to puke. Ew. All right. Anyway. <laughs> well, well, no, if we've introduced the fact that there's a dog in the scene, we have to know who is the dog and, and, and can you describe it for our listeners? Uh, it is a Formosan mountain dog, and he just left the room. What is that? It is uh, a, a Taiwan, formerly meat dog, that uh, they let loose after the meat, uh, eating them for meat became illegal. They were, this breed was known as the fragrant, fragrant meat. Uh, of, yeah, so. Looks a little like Bogey. Yeah, looks a little bit like Charles' dog, Bogey. Yeah, he's, you, he's a handsome boy. Did you rescue him from rescued him from ta taiwan there's a company called uh dogs without borders oh, okay. that rescues oh, them from taiwan so awesome. i got this guy yeah he looks a little bit like my doggy boy yeah. oh that's great my and my brother-in-law uh who is former military rescued a dog from south korea like while he was there he's like bringing this dog home with me very cool love that oh man yeah. that's amazing so how many shots are we on what do we how do we how many <laughs> Well, I suppose we're still, we're still rolling. Yeah, I suppose I should. I, I, all right. So for me, uh, getting to see, I still have to be out. Like I still work in sales person to person, no matter yeah. what I try to do as much as I'd love to be able to do it, like from far away, I still got to work with people. Right. But what I love seeing my wife and seeing my friends that have been in corporate America, I love that we've really broken the stranglehold on the costumes that everybody has to wear uh, when yeah. they go to meetings, you know? Right. And don't get me wrong, like I love dressing up. I, I wore a French blue suit with an ascot last night to a yeah. wedding. I, it's not that I hate dress clothes. It's that I hate that we've decided that everybody has certain costumes that they have to wear depending right. on what, you know, what job they're going to or what interview they're going to. And 
I love the fact that we've we've kind of broken that a little bit. I see even people that I know that are going to work now are wearing yeah. slightly more casual things or slightly mm-hmm. more uh, just clothing that make them feel more comfortable than you know a, a regular power suit for a man and a pantsuit for a woman. Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing societally. Uh, but then for me, it's honestly kind of the opposite. And part of this is my personality forcing this on myself. But um, when you wanted to see somebody, I don't, I don't love talking on the phone for hours. That's just not a thing I do. No, I'm not, yeah. Same. But I will, I'll show up and meet you and I'll sit for two hours and talk about nothing and everything all at the same time. And this has been a happy medium for me and some of my closest friends who uh, some have kids, some don't. We live all over the place. Oh, right. in you the have city. a group of friends. Yeah. Meets so we've been this way. So do you feel like it's carrying forward? Absolutely. We're still doing it. I, I actually missed it uh, two nights ago because I had some work stuff going on. But overall, we, we got to a point where we only saw each other once a year. And it was for this big barbecue that we would do that we've talked about on the show before. Um, that was the only time that we ever saw each other. And we would text every now and then. And when COVID hit, after a few weeks, we started doing a weekly Zoom and we're still continuing with it right now. And it's awesome. just, you're still, you're still doing this weekly? Yep. Are you? Oh, shit. And That's it's just cool. a chance to like, hey, how are the kids? Like, what happened there? Okay, cool. Right. Uh, how, your wife just started a new job. It's, we catch yeah. up. It's 45 minutes or an hour. We don't have to go in. And when you have six people on it. Makes it convenient. Yeah. It's like Tony's guest. Everybody yeah. have to go the anywhere. Fact that it, the fact that everybody knows the technology too. It's not like, because yep. we had, we had Skype, but remember trying to set up a Skype call and one of the people yeah. never used it before and they had the app and I don't know if I have an account. What's my password? And, yeah, that fucking know. jingle playing NASA. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, and, Come on, answer. And in our group, two of the six, <laughs> two of the six didn't get cell phones till the mid 2000s. And uh-huh. one of them, I had to give him his first email address. Funny. So like, it's, it, it makes it easier when it's ubiquitous for everyone. Yeah. And it allows that kind of communication where as much as I love all of those guys and as much as I would consider them family, I'm not going to go to each one of your fucking houses, man. Like no. it'll be, it'll go back to once a year. But if we can do this where it's convenient and like uh, my good friend Sam and I are usually starting to cook dinner while we're doing it and we'll put the computer over by the stove and then we'll have a for little sure. chat about what we're cooking and everybody else will suggest some shit. Like that to me, it makes it integral without it by, a, but it also eliminates travel time. Uh, it eliminates like the, well, how long do we hang out before this was worth it? Like, no, we can all just check in on each other. And people the shitty, it gets rid of the shitty part. It gets rid yeah, of the shitty exactly. part. Like, who get, likes driving? You can all get no drunk. <laughs> yeah. You can all get drunk. You can also wash your own dish. Right. <laughs> right. And make it everyone else wash. Your fucking dishes. If anybody hit your really nice bottle of booze, (laughs) it was you and nobody else. (laughs) Uh, Oh man, yeah. Wow, this is that's a real transformative. (laughs) Yeah, it has been really cool. And the fun thing about what you said about people being a little more liberal about what they wear to meetings and events, yeah, is so I'm a creative director. The fun thing about being a creative director as a like a job is that I can wear my death metal shirt you know i can wear my arsis shirt to a meeting and and, it, and it's, it's like on. oh wow this guy's yeah. this guy's saying something about right. himself with the shirt that he's wearing or i can wear a, a three-piece suit if i'm going to a meeting 
on a Tuesday morning at Normandale College, which is a thing that I used to have to do. There's something alluring to me about this idea that everybody can sort of have a similar uh, way of representing themselves that wasn't possible before. Because it used to be that depending on the group that I was meeting, I had a pretense about the way that I had to present myself. These people wear suits, I have to wear suits. These people wear polo shirts, I'm gonna dress down. So I like that a lot. For me, I already, I guess, really quickly swiped over the uh, the cleanliness thing, which is cool. And I, I mentioned, I love that we can use video for meetings with, with friends in a way yeah. that we otherwise would not have in years previous. I used to be a phone talker many years ago. And then I stopped doing it completely like, no, you just text. But actually seeing somebody, there's something about that mm-hmm. where you're still somehow present with them. For sure. So I think that that for me culturally is something that I, I will probably carry forward, especially having so many friends and family in other states and countries. I hope that's something that carries forward. It created a sense of comfort around these technologies that we did not previously have. So I hope that that uh, continues, continues to be a thing. I know this is a weird thing to say with with uh, with three men on this, but I also I feel like it's impossible to not have noticed, and not that I didn't before, but to really notice how stark it is at the amount of work that have that women have to do going into the office when it comes to hair, when it comes to makeup, when it sure. comes to shoes and all that. And again, knowing that we've we've taken we haven't completely eliminated it, but we've taken a little bit of the air out of that balloon where it's not an arms race every day to like who shows up with the most things and who spent the most amount of time. You know, like we can talk about having to put on a suit for something for an important meeting, but that's still at the end of the day, as I said, I got dressed up yesterday, start to finish and I took a shower was 27 minutes. And from the time I got home, my wife was- Add makeup and hair to that. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the fact that it's, it's very acceptable, if not, better to just have short hair as a guy like that's that's it's weird the amount where we just consider those two the exact same like yeah get dressed up to go to work dress for the job that you want some of you are going to take five times longer to do that because Mm -hmm. of societal pressures yeah unfortunately it means something different yep and and people that have uh, companies that have allowed like camera off meetings but then on top of it where it's just easier to not have to go through the whole thing if you're working from home. I think that's a really important thing. And I think that that's teaching, you know, I I feel like your daughter is probably a little bit young for that, but like for kids that are uh, women that are in, in, in high school going into college and then college going into the real world, if there can be a new bar set where it doesn't have to be like that all the time, as it was in the eighties, nineties and two thousands, maybe you, I don't know, maybe that's also going to be something that could, in the tertiary way, affect some equity for genders. Yeah, my daughter, when she was going to school on Zoom, the first couple of weeks, they were very strict. And they were like, we're still going to dress up like we're going, like we're in school. And blah, 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 blah. And, and you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I got to do laundry yeah. so they can dress up for you. So, so you're not uncomfortable in your stupid Zoom camera. Yeah, so that, I mean, that, that took about two weeks for parents to say, you know, <laughs> wait, no, no, fuck no. you. You're, she's coming. She's going to, you're lucky. She's, she's all her cameras on. <laughs> yeah. and, real, and realistically, 
you you win this point because the truth is keeping cars off the road for yeah. us to be able to, you know, businesses, you have to have a guy chained to your desk or a, or a lady chained to the fucking desk, nine to five, driving 45 minutes each way through traffic, making themselves miserable, putting their child in daycare just so that you can have them there. But th- that type of accountability is ancient and we need to move past it. Did you guys see the pictures that uh, they took right at the beginning of quarantine? It was oh, like yeah. three weeks in, they took pictures of the, uh, of the sky here in Los Angeles. And for oh. to, to see this place with no smog whatsoever was surreal. It was like something out of a movie. Like you, it's just the, the shit that we're putting into the air to drive 45 minutes to, uh, to, so we can go over the meeting. So we can go to this meeting about what, what, what we're going to be doing for the Christmas party this year. And then it, maybe get sent back home. And then, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I, you know, it, I got, nice. I got nature is healing. Yeah. I got nature, asked nature is healing. I got asked in an interview what my favorite memory, like I was talking about how, like for me personally, not looking at the world around us, but for me personally in my house, COVID was actually really pretty good for my wife and I, because we yeah. were forced to have some conversations that we hadn't had in 10 years because Crazy. we're both. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. both, uh, we're both workaholics and when things get tough, we'll just find something else to do and not talk about it. Right. And, uh, my favorite memory was, uh, I got furloughed for five weeks. And when I got brought back the first time I drove on the highway, it was like something out of the first episode of walking dead or 28 days later, like yeah. I was driving down all of the interstates in our city and I didn't see a car for 14 minutes. Yeah. That, Drive, my drive mind. here, driving, uh, driving my daughter to her mom's and for her mom to drop the, my daughter back off of me. Uh, that's considered essential driving. So uh, remember, when, remember when we were on lockdown and nobody could leave the yeah. house and everybody had to fail? Being out with my daughter in the backseat, driving the eight minutes to her mom's house, Felt like I was doing something wrong. Like I would be all yeah, yeah. yeah. I was supposed to be oh, there. Holy shit! I'm on. <laughs> I'm on the. I'm on the 405, and there's no one else here. That's crazy. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a that's a major lesson to be learned. Yep. Do yeah. we need to be on these fucking roads all the time? At really, the same time, do too. We need to do this. Yeah. Like the do idea that rush hour exists. In many cases, it, the answer is no. Yep. Yeah. It's so nice here because right now with traffic. It takes me about an hour, hour and 10 minutes to get to Malibu. When there was no traffic, dude, it was a 20-minute drive. Imagine, oh, being, come on. imagine being 20 minutes away from Malibu anytime you want to go. Oh, so nice. Is it, is it still better, Tony? Is it still no, better than no, it was? Tra- it's Tony? like the traffic horrible. Are we back, back yeah, we're to, back. Okay, back to square one. Yeah, it never happened. <laughs> well, uh, uh, cheers to the way it was just prior. Yeah. May we always remember it. <laughs> Cheer- yeah, cheers to the... The reprieve that you had temporarily. To Zoom. Oh, there she is. Number six. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I was actually excited that we got to bring up your Italian roots uh, a couple times earlier, and I was hoping we would kind of get there. So, obviously, uh, Charles being of Lebanese descent and still having a home there, you having the same vibe with Italy and me. Uh, in all of my trips and my time living in Norway, we all have very tight ties to our heritage. We also all very much love food and and love the the drinking culture and everything else. I guess my question was, 
like, what do you, when you go home, right? When you go back to Italy, like I'm putting home in quotes where, mm -hmm. like where my heart is, when you go home, what do they, what, what are they confused about, about what you love to eat or drink or anything else? And what do they love about what you eat, drink, consume? Well, uh, Italians know that Americans drink a lot because they don't like they like to oh. be drunk in public is a very embarrassing thing there really? but oh, yeah you'll have a few you'll have a few drinks and you'll get a little bit yeah but you're not if you're if you're acting drunk that's that's a major embarrassment okay it, it happens with young it happens with younger kids now but with grown-ups our age sure it's it's there's that they think that they think that americans all we do is party because all they see is spring break videos uh <laughs> <laughs> they think that they, they, we eat just crazy things just to be crazy. Like, you know, like the, the, the food combos that you'll see on TikTok, like they'll, they'll you know, they, they think that's us. They, everything, everything you see on social media, they think that's us. Uh, they think that everyone's packing a fucking pistol. Everyone's got a gun and we're walking around with guns all over the place here. They're, they're not wrong, depending on yeah, where you are in the country. <laughs> no, Exactly. But uh, yeah, they all this, all the stereotypes we have about the South, they have about America. Uh, now they okay, think that's yeah, all. They think that, America is the American South. Yeah, the Confederate flag. They think that's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> is there anything that that uh, that people love like to ask about eating that they want, or or anything like that, like? like beer culture uh, or food culture or anything like that. I've had people, I've had weird requests. I've had people ask for Aunt Jemima pancakes, the pancake mix. Uh, that, oh shit. Yeah. Yes. Like that, like all that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I've had those kind of requests and uh, what else was there? Do you have a lot of family? Do you have a lot of family? I have more friends and family there now. Most of my family's in, in the States. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's always the interesting thing is what, they want that is of oftentimes a little value like aunt jemima's like okay sure yeah and that, that was that was strange to me because it's like isn't pancakes like a th three or four like ingredient kind of thing where you yeah, wouldn't need the right but right. just the box i guess is it was the thing i don't know <laughs> maybe they wanted it with a little so they went their pancakes with a little side of racism <laughs> oh my god yes absolutely so i think the spirit of this question though the way the way this started out and we've been talking about the vegan thing a little mm. bit. Yeah. Was that, so your period when you weren't pescatarian, mm. was there any discomfort with the people that you knew in Italy regarding your diet? Were they like, I don't understand what you mean. You do not eat fish. Was, no. Was that ever a thing? Or no, was that I just mean, accepted? They, they, they were pretty excited. They were pretty understanding of the whole thing. They were oh. pretty, you know, they would, my, my family would go out of their way to, you know, make sure that I had something, you know, something to eat. But uh, yeah, no, I don't like, I, I don't go, I don't have any in-depth explanation that I had to explain to them. It's like, I don't eat animals because <laughs> I like animals. You know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not really, it's not real, real deep. Oh, but, and you, uh, were, yeah. you were full frontal about it. You like told them, you know, I don't want to eat animals. Just don't eat animals. And they were like, yeah. cool. That's, yeah. that's incredible. You have a very cool family. They were just like, yeah. all right, that's it. Yeah, my I mean they were worried my like my mom was worried that uh I wasn't getting all my vitamins and it wasn't healthy and you know, all that but <laughs> I feel like no matter what you choose your mom's always going to come up with that. Yeah, like, she, she uh, like any any life change. Well, I I'm, I'm a little worried about you. Yeah. It's 110 degrees and she's telling you to put a coat on. Yeah. <laughs>
mom stuff. Right. Uh, well, uh, Charles, what about you? Like, obviously, traveling to, to Lebanon on a very regular basis, there's no way that American cuisine and Lebanese cuisine really line up that hard. Like, do you have that same experience? I think my application of this is that I always presume, or at least when I started going back to Lebanon in 2009, I presume that they were eating things that they actually weren't, like Lebanese restaurants in the Twin Cities. Yeah. There are these things on the menu. One, one such example was uh, lamb. Like lamb is prevalent in Lebanon, but lamb chops. So I was in markets looking for lamb chops, Frenched, or I ended up Frenching them myself. It's like a classy thing to do. I have a grill out on the balcony at our condo that uh, it's basically like a bincho can grill, like really thin little uh, briquettes go in there. It's super hot. That's what you do like your, uh, you know, grilled chicken or beef on. And I got uh, lamb chops and I French them, butchered it. I made a yogurt sauce with which they were totally unfamiliar like my family my cousins saying you know what i don't i, don't, I mean i know there's lamb around i don't really like i don't like lamb. my cousin we sam it's like nah, i don't eat lamb yeah. and i grilled off like maybe 50 lamb chops like french stuff because it actually ends up being quite cheap there with the exchange rate especially and lamb being available readily so i french probably 50 lamb chops grilled them super hot with the marinade on them this kind of like a verdant green garlicky thing all over it i made this lemony garlicky uh yogurt dipping sauce and then i kind of presented it all on a platter they're all perfectly charred and everyone enjoyed it except my cousin me sam who enjoyed right. it more than anybody oh because he oh. fucking destroyed he like he kept like looking at me like, is it okay if I, it's okay if I have another one? He just, he just kept, he kept dipping in. And I was like, it's that's actually one of my favorite things to do when I'm there is that I will use Mediterranean flavors, like flavors they're comfortable with. I won't try to present some new ideologies regarding food flavors. I won't be like, oh yeah, I brought some sesame oil and fish sauce, ponzu. Like I won't try to make them taste new things. I try to cook for family and friends that are using flavors they're already comfortable with and uh, that they can recognize, but to show them something that they don't already know. So when you go to a, Lebanon, uh, a Lebanese restaurant, typically you see like the same 25 menu items. Sure. And there are very, very, very small variances, but there's not a lot of creativity. And the way I like to cook is I don't, I, I cook every cuisine except traditional Lebanese cuisine because I leave it to my mom here, my aunts in Lebanon. I, I need to learn because mm. they won't be here forever. But I cook with those flavors. So then when I'm in Lebanon and I cook for my family and friends, I use those flavors and they're like, holy shit, shrimp? Is there any you shrimp? Know about this? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, like, what, shrimp. We have it. We can go right down the street and get 20 pounds of shrimp for like, 18 bucks we don't eat it and then if i prepare for them they're like i guess i gotta start eating shrimp and i i absolutely adore that uh way we communicate together when it comes to the flavors yeah. and foods that's so awesome it is nice to pull somebody over the fence though right like when someone says always 
I don't eat sushi. Oh, hold on a second. Have you tried ahi tuna on a thing? I mean, there's, you know, yeah. it's always nice to find that thing that you, know, you, you thought you were limited, but you're not limited. You just got to try this other thing. Yeah. It's like everybody hates salmon. Everybody yeah. hates salmon unless they've had good salmon. Right. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. Or tuna because, you know, tuna comes in a fucking can. Like to your point, Tony, tuna comes in the can. It's almost it. Well, it is literally a different food. Yeah. In a can is a entirely like a saku block, some perfect yeah. tuna that you sear and with some sesame seeds or, <laughs> or just old tuna, not yeah. shredded up like bits. I'm saying right. you so, sear it if someone's like, so I can look at it and say, yeah, that's tuna. You know, when it's when it's all chopped up and little tiny, it's like, I don't know what that is. Or I could be yeah. convinced that that's actually for sure meat. Like that could be sawdust with flavoring. And I right. not know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or they say, is that dolphin? Because you know in the right. 90s it was like well it could be dolphin that's true I heard I heard it could be dolphin <laughs> my uh my my connection was weird because I I didn't get back to Scandinavia until I was 19 so I only had what my grandparents my great-grandparents told me was Scandinavian food and when I got there they were like I mean yeah it was but that was because we were all really poor right and now we like we we've we've kind of come into like we hit oil and now we have money and now we're trying to like modernize like what you brought to us looking for flavors like like maybe some grandparents to i guess way out in the middle of nowhere but yeah we're trying to we did all that stuff because we had to and it's been really fascinating watching every time i've gone back do they call it peasant food there also because in in, in italy do they call it peasant food there oh absolutely yep yeah that's that's Uh, that's what they call it in italy I remember telling my friends that that you could find lutefisk on a regular basis in Minneapolis. And one of my yeah. friends just looked at me and said, why? <laughs> right. Like that was a preservative because we didn't have the means to preserve it. Otherwise, as soon as right. we did, we got it the fuck out of here. And then we, we still do it. Though. Yeah. Like my favorite story <laughs> from the, uh, the World War II Resistance Museum, uh, it's the whole thing is dedicated to the resistance against the Nazis. Hmm. was that they served them lutefisk every meal and said, this is the only way we can preserve the fish. And so many Nazi officers were offended by that, that as soon as their first chance for transfer came up, they would all transfer out. out So the the resistance movement could bloom because nobody could track anything because every six months, everyone was leaving. And that's wow. literally how the resistance movement got because, out. Well, you've had, you, you've had lutefisk. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. disgusting. That's the end of the it, day. So great rapper, terrible. (laughs) Uh, But like, as every time I've gone back, you can start seeing them embracing more and more of um, the spice culture from around the world. So you still have like an incredible seafood and fish culture there. It's it's wonderful. You still have um, really well thought out like uh, dense pastries. That's a, a thing that will never leave. But when I lived there in 99, you literally had to go to the Turkish and Afghani immigrant neighborhood to get cumin, to get chili pepper, to get garlic. And now it's starting to explode. And now you have, um, there's a huge taco boom. There's a huge uh, American barbecue boom going on in Norway. And so every time I've gone back, it's been really interesting uh, to see like, what do they want to ask about? The one thing that hasn't happened there yet that everyone is always blown away about is hot sauce. Oh, really? Because paprika 
is like that's the seasoning that goes on everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's the that's the spice. Yeah. So that's like the there's heat. paprika <laughs> potato chips and those are like the spicy chips. Yeah. Uh, red like red bell peppers are chopped up and put in every frozen pizza. That's a part of like it's tomato sauce and red peppers. Okay, so they're like pepper taste, but not pepper cheese. Correct. Right, yeah. right. And so watching so this watching this taco boom, the last time Jenny and I were there, watching this taco boom explode and going to place after place after place where you cannot get hot sauce. They have paprika sauce, oh. which brings like a little bit of vinegar and a little bit of sweetness. And yeah, but it's not the same. The only place, the last time we were there, the only place that actually had something that made me sweat is still my all-time favorite uh, Turkish deli. It's called the Carmel Grill. Yeah. And they have a thing that they literally call strong sauce, like starka sauce. I know, we've yeah. talked about, we've talked about it. It's basically a mixture Which between- I have oh, go ahead. positively identified as hara. It's, it's hara. It's this Lebanese like right. hot pepper paste. And you put, and you hot. take it with a paint it's scraper great. and you put it on the inside yeah. and then you're gonna go. That is still, as of two years ago, that's still the only place that I found anything that could actually like give me hot sauce. And probably most people there won't fuck with that. No, nope. but are you going back? Now are you going back anytime soon? Yeah, we were supposed to be back actually uh, just a few weeks ago uh, for our ten year anniversary, and it didn't work out. So obviously, with COVID and everything, they're still dealing with um, they're still dealing with some flare ups because it's such a skinny and long country. Yeah, when things hit, it, it's hard to tackle it because there's. A lot of those like farm areas, there's just not a lot of technology there still. Right. So they're working on that. Um, we're hoping for next year. We're actually talking about a, you know, side note behind the curtain situation that, I mean, I have a place in Lebanon. We were saying like next summer, we're going to do one or the other. Correct. Or our yeah, that'd be dope. Either to either go to uh, Lebanon together or I'm able to explore Kwam's home country. Dude, that'd so be awesome. I got, I got three friends that have asked, uh, they've asked for American Akavit because they're blown away by it. They've asked for, um, they've asked for a hot sauce. So wow. we're just going to bring, I'm, I'm literally going to, I'm going to underpack for once and make sure that I have a whole side of my suitcase to bring stuff over there. And then I'm going to bring back uh, some fun spirits and some fun beer. That's we'll awesome. Tony with us to Lebanon. He's Dude, that'd be great. I would love to. I want to go see my people. I'm telling you, man. Like, it, we, if people we, you didn't know were your people. If nah. we change, if we change the facial hair game a little bit, this could get real. This could get real. Nice. Me, you and me, you and Sammy would be. <laughs> yes. Just be like, wow, triplets. That's pretty cool. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, uh, Tony. I can't thank you enough for doing this. This was really fun, and was fun. Uh, it, you know, it, it was weird trying to figure out how sitting around a table could be changed into doing this but again getting to see your face and just getting to talk to you and laugh with you it, it, it's been wonderful man well good to talk to you and uh when we when we are able to do stuff like this in person we will go do this at a bar someday whether it Damn be right. in lebanon whether it be in italy whether it be in minnesota whether it be somewhere in scandinavia we will uh, yes. we'll we'll meet Tony, I want to ask you a, a, a question from the, the I'm, I'm blanking on the name again of the town that you go to. Minturno. So Minturno. from Minturno to Sicily, hmm. what, how, how, obviously it would be a ferry ride, probably from Rome. You would, you would take a train oh. to Calabria and then a ferry across. So if we happened to already be planning a trip there in 2023, 
go in the, go in Listen. August and I'll, I'll see you there. And you can come hang out at my house. Okay. Yeah. That'd be awesome. here. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm there, dude, that'd be, that'd be great. We'll have a great time. We'll eat. We'll have some fish. So I will uh, offline. We'll talk, we'll chat more about this, but this is a real thing. That's, that's probably happening. Awesome. That sounds like fun. Sweet. Uh, well, hey, if uh, if people want to learn more about you, they want to follow your radio show. They want to they want to know what's going on. How do they find you, and where do they tune in? Um, well, uh, Sirius XM hits one. We're the first. We're the top. We're the first in the pop channel, uh, pop channels. Um, as far as social media, it's at Tony Fly on everything, even TikTok. Uh, even though my TikTok if they're gonna, is lame. <laughs> if they're going to dial in on Sirius XM, is there a time they have to listen to, or can they just pull up your show? Uh, Two, it's two to seven p.m. West Coast time. So you guys do the math for where you're where you live. Noon to five? No, other way around. Four to seven. Four to there you nine, go. Nine, four to nine. nine. I'm just yeah. gonna say a bunch of numbers and it all work out. Right, right, right. All right, you guys. Well, it, it, was, it was. This is a lot of fun. This is awesome. Hell yeah, man. Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, and again, cheers. And uh, we wish you all the success in the world. And I can't wait to come see cheers. you in person. All right, you guys. Uh, Charles, where can people find you? Dave came from the sea on Instagram. No one wants to follow me though. Don't follow me. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> you're, uh, you're good at this marketing stuff. <laughs> uh, I am all things communist. If you want to come find me, uh, once again, please, uh, leave a review, uh, say something nice. It really just helps us get out to more people. Uh, we're trying to spread around the world so we can finally do that world tour that we're looking at. Run Australia. It's going to happen. We're at five, number one. Number five stars. Number. Five stars, everyone. Yeah, we're, we're the number one, number sixty-one ranked food podcast in Australia. Why? That's big. That's big. Because Australia, we need to come for you. <laughs> Let's go. We love you. All right, thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys.